Hello, and welcome to LINK, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. This new and improved podcast channel will cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and technologies to food safety and sustainability impacting today's supply chains. In this episode, Editor-in-Chief Marina Mayer talks with Nick Recht, Enterprise Product Manager for TechLinks, about the major issues impacting today's cold food chains and how barcode labels and other labeling software solutions assist companies with improving food safety. Let's link to Marina and Nick's conversation now. Well, hello everyone. My name is Marina Mayer. I am the Editor-in-Chief of Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. And I'm here with Nick Recht, Enterprise Product Manager at TechLinks. Hello, Nick. Hello, how are you today? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. Good. I appreciate you joining our podcast uh, series today. So we're just going to kind of dive right in. Um, One of the things we wanted to talk about today was food safety. So when it comes to food safety, what are some of the major issues that you're seeing impacting today's cold food chains? Uh, Well, uh, I like that question a lot. So when it comes to cold food chains in uh, particular, I like to focus on the three primary food freshness factors. And it really comes down to temperature, storage, and packaging, um, all equally as important as the next. Uh, you know, when it comes to cold food, whether you're talking about uh, meat and like a meat plant, which have been big in the news lately, uh, or even fresh vegetables or dairy that have have temperature regulations associated with them, that can be something that's very, very challenging and really open up the the window for foodborne illness or just problems by not respecting the temperature that those things need to to stay at. You know, if you think about meat, often an animal goes from... um, being alive to being in the package for a shelf in less than 35 minutes. And part of that process is flash freezing and it gets flash frozen so that uh, it really reduces the risk of any bacteria or foodborne illness being. Uh, But not only is it getting it to that temperature quickly, it's keeping it at that temperature through the storage and then um, getting it on the shelf at your, uh, at your local store. Um, two, storage, right? Uh, and storage is tough because whether it's dairy, meat, um, or fresher frozen vegetables, you need to store them in a matter of which would allow you to, uh, to keep it fresh until it hits the shelf. Uh, often, uh, if we think about meat, when they can't really change the amount of animals that come in every day and demand definitely shifts uh, where the supply often stays relatively steady. Um, So many of these food processors need to put them in cold storage um, and keep it cold until it knows if it's going to Walmart or Kirkland or somewhere else. Um, And they need to not only store it there, but they also need to equip the storage through the shipment process to, uh, to stay at the right temperature. And then the third one, the one that I'm likely the most passionate about uh, as it often influences labeling quite a bit is packaging. Um, you know, you could have the best looking steak um, stored in the most optimal method, but nobody's buying it if it's, uh, 
not in a pretty package on the shelf. Um, maybe steak's the, not the best example of that, but uh, you know, if you have a fresh product with a bad package or a package that's damaged or beat up or has a hole popped in it, uh, you're likely not going to buy it. And when it comes to packaging, it really takes into consideration not only the, uh, we'll call it the sexy factor to make sure that it catches the eye of the consumer and is a product they indeed want to buy, uh, but you're also faced with the challenges of having all of the information on it. If you think about chicken alone, let's talk about a chicken thigh. Is it boneless? Is it skinless? Is it skin on with the bone? So on and so forth. But then um, is it organic? Was it raised without antibiotics? And it also, of course, needs to have the barcode um, to be able to have the consumer be able to, uh, to acquire it. So I think those are the three main factors, you know, temperature, storage, and packaging. And a lot of those are faced with unique challenges nowadays um, due to the shift of much of the food people are buying uh, actually being acquired via e-commerce methods rather than on the, uh, on the floor at the store. Well, that's an interesting point, which brings me to my next question. You know, the, the, this impulse buying and this panic buying is a result of obviously the, the coronavirus pandemic. So how does something like a pandemic or any other kind of major global instances like that, um, how does something like that impact food safety overall? Uh, yeah, that is, uh, that is such an interesting topic. I've actually spent quite a bit of time uh, reading about it. Uh, one, because I want to keep myself and my family safe. And two, it's really just a unique challenge that uh, we likely wouldn't have been faced with without the, uh, the pandemic here. So when I think about it, I need to compartmentalize it into two fronts. There is the side of the consumer, and then there's the side of the manufacturer. So let's start on the, uh, on the side of the consumer. Um, as you can imagine, nobody wants to get sick from the food they eat. That was pre-pandemic. Um, but now that is really at the forefront. Nobody wants to contract COVID-19 from, um, from the food they eat. So many of the um, food that you'd previously buy, for example, from the meat counter, people are now tending to buy in a package because they can sanitize that package when they get home and then make sure to cook any bacteria that's off of, uh, off of the meat they buy. But the consumer side isn't just the food you're acquiring from the grocery store or now often, like I had mentioned, from the e-commerce method. It's really coming from the restaurants. I know uh, I'm here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and we have a very strong restaurant group and uh, they've done some very strong messaging to say, hey, you can still support your local restaurants and uh, being Milwaukee, the bars too, um, by ordering carryout or takeout. And, um, and <clears throat> I've found myself and many of the people I associate with really gravitating towards not only the restaurants that they love, but the ones that are really sharing their procedures around how they're keeping the food that you're going to feed your family safe, whether it's uh, their sanitation procedures in-house or the fact that they're mandating curbside pickup and you can witness them changing their rubber gloves and the packages in which all your um, different food sources coming in are clearly clean and stored in, uh, 
in nice spots. So I'd say uh, really just that extra effort to highlight the efforts that the restaurants are taking. Uh, it's, you know, a direct cause of the COVID-19 pandemic, um, but really something that many of the restaurants were always doing, but is now catching the spotlight. Very interesting. So how does something like barcode labels and other labeling software solutions assist in these companies with improving the food safety side of their supply chain, whether it be retail or um, food service? Yeah, yeah. so uh, I think that's easier to tie in to the side of manufacturing. Um, so on the side of the manufacturer, you know, this pandemic has caused them to look at things quite a bit differently, right? You have, um, if you've been paying attention to the news uh, and trying to sift through the good news versus the bad news, um, you know, you've heard a lot about our food supply chain being impacted and whatnot. And that's really on the manufacturing side, whether it's the fact that the people who work in the plant were standing too close together. So it was a kind of a hotbed for the disease to spread. Um, or the fact that, uh, that the plant actually needed to shut down for a period of time to slow or stop the spread of disease so they could, um, they could slow it. The, the impact that barcode labeling can have on that really comes to the reduction of manual touch points. Um, automation is not new. You know, I've walked into many plants, um, food and other, that have everything automated. You know, they have robots doing much of the packing, robots putting things on pallets, robots wrapping things, complemented by somebody manually applying a label to a product. Um, and what we've seen help a lot of these companies reduce the manual touch points is really just leveraging automated, integrating labeling processes, even with... Uh, potentially automation in applying the label to the product to just reduce those touch points. Um, and those reduction of touch points help on two fronts. One, it can keep people in the plant further apart. Two, um, it can really make things happen faster. And when things happen faster, you often increase accuracy as well as reduce the, uh, reduce the time in which it takes for products to potentially violate one of the freshness factors like temperature storage or proper packaging. And are you seeing a lot of these companies implement these technologies at a more accelerated rate uh, because of all are. this? Yeah, we certainly are. So um, TechLinks is very uh, popular among food manufacturers. Uh, we always have been. Um, and uh, so we have a pretty large footprint within uh, many of the food, uh, food packaging and food processing companies that you hear about in the news faced with challenges. So I'd say among our existing customer base, um, we've seen many of those companies expand what they were doing automated. If they were running kind of like in a mixed mode fashion, they would, uh, They've changed things to say what was automated and what was manual is now all automated in an effort to reduce the touch points, gain the efficiency, because now they're required to process more things um, a lot faster. And then among some of the new clients who have partnered with TechLinks during the pandemic, um, we're really just assisting them in laying a solid platform, right? Um, some of the 
organic farms or organic meat processors have really grown in popularity uh, very, very much in the past couple of months due to the pandemic. Um, and, you know, if you were buying meat from a local butcher, they're following all the rules, but barcode labeling didn't play a, a part in that process until they needed to enable you to buy it via an e-commerce website because you wanted it from local, but bought from a store. Um, so we've really helped those people lay solid foundations uh, in implementing procedures to integrate with data sources that hold the one source of the truth for them um, to be able to grow. Because I anticipate that post-pandemic, uh, the popularity of people sourcing local fresh isn't going to go away anytime soon. That's very interesting. Um, so, so back to the food safety part, the CDC report came out that, that basically showed um, the incidence of infections caused by Listeria and Salmonella in 2019 have remained unchanged. So there's no improvement. Um, things didn't get worse, but nothing got better. So, um, with all of these food safety regulations in place and now with this pandemic in place, what do companies need to be doing better at to secure a safe food supply chain? Well, um, that is certainly a tough one uh, because those outbreaks can happen at any, any point of the supply chain, right? If you um, process everything and, package it and put it at great temperatures, but it gets put on a shelf uh, with other food that wasn't kept with that, it can spread, or if it's uh, put in a cooler that isn't kept at the proper temperature. So I think um, my recommendation for doing things better happen um, really efficient and transparent procedures. Um, and those can be assisted with documented um, standard operating procedures that labeling can play a really, really big part of. Um, so first one is I think the industry has a lot of room for improvement on the side of security and approval of the templates that go on our food products. Um, and that with uh, one of our archiving solutions that allows you to store everything in a central repository and ultimately anybody print anything until uh, marketing or somebody in quality has the ability to approve what that package says, whether it's um, just for ingredients or uh, better yet, the allergens and, you know, things being the proper size and bold and Two, I think companies can implement uh, automation quite a bit better. There is often sources of nutritional data um, or location acquisition data that can be leveraged in an automated printing process. If you think about it, if you buy a, a raw ingredient like a bell pepper, for example, the package on the bell pepper likely might say, um, you know, grown and harvested in USA or Mexico or California if it's drilling down to something more local and more specific. Uh, but when that bell pepper is used in an enchilada, and you want to incorporate all that data on the finished good, um, it becomes busy, and it's really something that you can't expect anybody to do manually at the time of print, but can be leveraged if you implement the right kind of automation. Automation leads to accuracy, 
Accuracy leads to efficient procedures, which can ultimately help in food safety. Um, and then we also did get a little help from the, uh, the FDA here because the FDA um, offered temporary flexibility in the requirements of um, labeling in particular like uh, eggs and other, um, I didn't, other items by offering guidance to say, we're not willing to sacrifice food safety, but we understand that the items that you used to distribute that were meant for a restaurant are likely going to be sold on the shelf of a grocery store now. That poses a labeling challenge. And the last thing that we wanna see, especially in these times where we're trying to uh, implement no waste methods is food waste due to packaging or labeling problems. Very interesting stuff. Um, with regards to food safety and the future of, of, of safe food chains, did you have anything else to add that we haven't previously covered? Um, you know, nothing, uh, nothing big. I guess I just want to put my, uh, put my bow on it and say that, you know, the pandemic and uh, food safety are not the most closely related topics, um, but it is shining a light on food in general, right? And it's showing us some changes in the food supply chain, not only on the side of the manufacturer, we'll call it, um, but on the side of where we get it, as well as the side of the consumer. And I think some of those changes uh, are for the better. And as kind of a silver lining of the COVID-19 pandemic, we might get safer food, uh, we might get safer food faster, and I think we can all benefit from being a little bit more aware of where our food comes from and supporting local as much as we can. Um, because not only does it feel good, um, but it's better for you and supports your local economy. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate you joining our podcast session today because food safety is still, you know, has always been such an important topic in the food industry and even more so now and will continue to be um, regardless of, of the software and the automation that's available. It's still something that's top of mind for consumers and, and companies alike. So I do appreciate you taking your time to be a part of our podcast session today. Okay, well, thank you very much for having me. Renee. Well, that's it for today. Thank you to Nick Recht, Enterprise Product Manager for TechLinks, for taking the time to talk with us today. And be sure to tune in every Tuesday to LINK, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, knowledge, and global supply chain intelligence.